Hey everyone, and welcome to Newsies Minute. The podcast where we examine the 1992 movie musical Newsies, one minute at a time. I'm Aaron. I'm James. So we're at minute six. Minute six. Which is still carrying the banner. We're, we're continuing to carry the banner. Spoiler alert, we're going to continue to carry the banner right on through Friday. Yup. Before we talk about minute six, should we talk about a certain movie we watched? We should. So, a couple weeks ago, we went to see Pet Cemetery. Yes. It was very good. Yes. And everyone should go see it. Yep. Okay, so minute six. <laughs> <laughs> but before we watched Pet Cemetery, we were at the mall sitting on a sofa down by where Nordstrom used to be before it closed. You know the place. Yeah, everybody knows the place. <laughs> And we watched, on my phone, Blood Drips Heavily on Newsy Square. Yes, we sure did. Y'all? Those boys have foul mouths. They had a lot of fun, though. They clearly had a lot of fun. So when James and I were in high school, yeah. when, we were in, when we were seniors, we were in Drama 4, which our teacher decided to make like a movie studying class instead of being like stage theater we watched movies and we were what we were supposed to do was like break them down and critique them and what we actually did was watch fight club at least four times that year and by watch fight club i mean everybody else watched fight club i took naps because i did not see fight club all the way through until after i graduated high school (laughs) but at the end, our senior project was that we were going to make a film of our own. Right. It was very like Dawson's Creek, like when he was in film school and stuff. That was what really was, I think, hoping for. Right. What she actually got was we stole a stuffed monkey out of her office and took it to the mall and filmed ourselves carrying it around. Blood Drips Heavily on Newsy Square was better than what we produced. Quite better. Yes. In that they had some special effects. Yep. They had an entire cast who actually showed up. They did not have to draw a stick figure and label it with anybody's name and a note saying, sorry, Greeley, we couldn't get hold of him. Right. So he was not in this movie. I think that uh, everyone was sort of into the creation spirit. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, they got pretty much everybody in the movie to be in this thing. I mean, Sarah wasn't. True. We didn't see any of... They got pretty much every male member of the cast and crew and and one female member there is that one chick yeah the news reporter chick mm-hmm. and oh, well there was the other oh there was a pa too wasn't there yes the the pa that was having sex right right yeah yikes well and less wasn't there because that's good great call boys yeah good job not putting the what nine-year-old boy yeah in this movie yikes um it's Worth watching. Yeah. If you're a big Newsies fan, if you're a big enough Newsies fan to have stumbled upon this podcast, yeah. I think it's worth watching. Um, Do not watch it at work and do not watch it with children. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's. It is not safe for work and or children. Language definitely abounds. There's a lot of murder. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely a PA having sex. Randomly. <laughs> It was like while talking on the walkie-talkie. It, the joke was that that she was having sex and also still doing her job, I guess. Which I mean, I guess good for her. Yeah. Mark Mark David? Mark David, yes. Does does actually do a pretty decent Don Knotts. Yep. It takes a while 
to kind of get used to it. And we did look it up, and Jim Carrey was on In Living Color at the time that this was being filmed. And so him seeming like he was just doing like an Ace Ventura. I never noticed how much Ace Ventura and Don Knotts are basically the same thing. Yeah. So he was sort of doing that. Um, and at one point they, they made a Fire Marshal Bill reference. So I knew that like that's a character that he played on in Living Color. Yeah. So I knew that there was that he was referencing him, which made me feel like Mark David was a lot less of like a prodigy pre- prescient, like predicted Ace, you know, Jim yeah, Carrey's yeah. career and stuff. So it was, yeah. And it's like only 30 minutes or something like, yeah, we'll put a link up on the thing we've, we already have, we've, We'll share it on our Twitter yeah, account. Yeah, we'll, we'll do something yeah. to help you get it. Yeah. And if we haven't, then reach out to us, and we will. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, at Newsies Minute. Indeed. Shall we dive into Minute 6? Let's dive into Minute 6. Minute 6 was the from the barrel jump. Yes. Through the end of the nuns. I have, uh, have jumping off the wagon. Yep. And uh, the show off doing a front flip. It just feels like... We're, we're running down Barrel Alley. Look, there's a wagon. Let's all jump off it. Like They line up and yeah. stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah, this is kind of the beginning of the dancing. Yes. And my primary note is that Christian Bale is not great at dancing, but I feel like that might have been a particular choice he made. Okay. Because he is not great at dancing in the way that, the same way that he plays Jack, which is very like, whatever, I'm too cool for school. Yeah. Like, Jack wouldn't care about nailing every single dance move. Jack would care about doing the bare minimum yeah. in order to not get fired from his job on this movie. You know, it's interesting. We're going to get to it in a couple of days, but he executes the fight choreography so perfectly yeah. that, you, that you make a great point. He's making a choice about how much to commit because he can clearly do it. Yeah. It's just weird to watch him make that choice and no one else made that choice. Yeah, and that's why it appears that he's not a very good dancer when actually I think he's probably a perfectly fine dancer. It's just that everyone else is doing Broadway dancing and he's like, whatever, I'm also here. Right. Like, I learned the moves. Yeah, the like fake out punch into like slide under the the person next to you's jumping over you or whatever. It was like, well, he just barely... He barely made any of this happen, huh? Yeah, but I really, I really think that it was a deliberate choice that he made. Interesting, especially knowing, like, having seen him in a bunch of other stuff and having seen him grow as an actor over the past twenty years. Yeah, I think that he's a much better actor and a much more dedicated actor than one would be able to discern from this movie yeah and so yeah i really i think that he was making a conscious choice to be to to jack it up <laughs> yeah to make the, the choreography all jacked up yeah i always thought that crutchy was saying i'm a snoozer instead of i'm no snoozer um but that makes a lot more sense with the rest of the things that he says uh-huh. i guess i was sort of confusing with the part where uh boots is like uh, can't stand the sight of blood in okay. uh seize the day i think yeah I'm like, what a weird thing to sing about. How, like, this is making me queasy. Like, yeah. I'm a, I, I, I guess I sort of just identified with, you know, I'm a snoozer. And I'm no snoozer makes a lot more sense about the whole thing that's going on in the song sure. and stuff. But yeah. I always thought that Crutchy was my, my, lazy, my lazy friend. No, he's not lazy. He just is slower than the others because he has to use a crutch. Correct. Can I tell you about Harlem and Delancey? Yes, 
Please do. So I'm not going to read you the whole thing that I copied and pasted about Harlem. Okay. Uh, it's But it is a neighborhood in the northern section of New York City, borough of Manhattan, bounded roughly by Frederick Douglass Boulevard, St. Nicholas Avenue, and Morningside Park on the west, the Harlem River, and 155th Street on the north, Fifth Avenue on the east, and Central Park North on the south. The interesting thing that I saw was that in the 19th century, it was mostly Jewish and Italian Americans in Harlem. Okay. And then uh, with the Great Migration, which started in 1916, that was when a bunch of African American people moved into Harlem and like the Harlem Renaissance stuff okay. started. So at the time of this, there it wouldn't have been like a largely black neighborhood. It would have been an Italian American and Jewish neighborhood. Interesting. Which is which is something that's sort of interesting. Uh, it it uh, served as a refuge for New Yorkers, but increasingly those coming north were poor and Jewish or Italian. The New York uh, and Harlem Railroad was how people got up to Harlem a lot, and that was in service at the time of the the movie. Um, eventually, the, also the interborough rapid transit and elevated railway lines would also go up to Harlem, but not yet. They were okay. those were a twentieth century thing. Yeah. So then Delancey Street is one of the main thoroughfares of New York City's Lower East Side in Manhattan, running from the street's western terminus at the Bowery to its eastern end at, at FDR Drive and connecting to the Williamsburg Bridge and Brooklyn at Clinton Street. Um, in the Fantastic Four, The Thing is Benjamin Grimm, before he became The Thing, was like this thug who grew up on Yancey Street. Okay. And he often will go back and like all the kids on Yancey Street are like these hoodlums who he like... He has a heart of gold, but they're like, they will like graffiti him or whatever. Okay. Um, Yancey Street is based on Delancey Street. Oh, okay. And then uh, it was named after James Delancey Sr., whose farm was located in what is now the Lower East Side. And I wanted to write that down because of some characters we're going to meet in a little bit whose names are also Delancey, weirdly enough. So basically, when they say Harlem to Delancey, that's basically Harlem is the top of Manhattan and Delancey Street is the bottom of Manhattan. So they're just saying just Manhattan. Yeah. Which is which makes sense because Brooklyn and the Bronx are all yeah. represented. And it w- I said it would take about two and a half hours to walk. Okay. And then I said, weird that we're about to meet the Delancey brothers. Yes. And so we meet some nuns. I said, hum- a hump, and then boom, we're at the nuns. A hump? They went, huh, and oh, then it cut to the nuns. Yeah. I was like, oof, yeah. someone is making a joke. Kenny Ortega is making a very, very funny joke about, like, these boys are humping. Oh, there's some nuns singing. Yep. Put it in your pants, fellas. Yeah. Yeah, there was that one pretty nun, too, that the camera just lingered on a little bit. Oh, you mean Lois Young? We'll get to her. Oh, will we? Yeah. The first nun, the middle nun, is a woman named Sylvia Short. Okay. She's the oldest one. She was born in 1927 and uh, died in 2018. Okay. R.I.P. I've decided to do for these biographies people's top three roles according to IMDb, because IMDb in their intro is like, best known for this, this, and this. Sure. So she's best known for this. Uh, she was matron in the birdcage. Okay. And she was old woman in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. That is quite the spectrum. <laughs> she, oh, I was very excited to find this, uh, especially to talk to you about it. Her biggest role appears to be Miss Watkins for six episodes of an early 90s show called Homefront. Do you know Homefront? You might check it out, at least, or at least some production stills from it, because it starred a 26 to 28 year old. Kyle Chandler. Oh, okay. And he looks even better as a 26 to 28 year old than he does in other places that I've seen him. That's so. saying quite a lot because yeah. he is a very appealing man. Maybe, and perhaps it's just to me, but I thought he looked very nice. 
That would have been pre-early edition? Uh, it was 1991, I believe. 90- yeah, London. I feel like early yeah. edition was a little later than that. Yeah. So, that was Kyle Chandler, right? I think yeah. so. I've never seen early edition. I know. We've yeah. ta- we talked about that on Unabashedly Obsessed before. Yeah. Our old podcast. Um, yeah, our old podcast. But yeah, I get in my head when I'm trying to remember who was in what, I get Kyle Chandler and Ron Livingston confused. Oh, interesting. I can see that. Because they look just similar enough, but Kyle Chandler is the more attractive of the two, I think. Ron Livingston could be Kyle Chandler's younger brother in something. Yeah. Okay, so then that was nun one. That was nun number one. Sylvia Short. Nun number two uh, was Melody Santangelo, which is a cool name. Okay. Uh, She was born in 1946. Um, I have that down. I don't have nun number three's birth date because... I thought I was going to have to use, like, who was the oldest versus whatever. Sure. Um, she Her top three is Newsies, where she played what I called Left Nun. Okay. She's the one with glasses. Sure. Uh, she was in Xanadu as Xanadu Dancer. Okay. And she was in Death Wish 2, oh. um, where she played Tourist's Wife. And she, here's a fun trivia, she never played a named character. Can we talk about the fact that her character was named Tourist's Wife and not Tourist? Right. Was she not also touristing? I don't know. I have not seen Death Wish 2. Well, why not, James? Well, that's that's on me. <laughs> that is on you. Look forward to, after we're done with, we're done with this, we'll have do Have you the... seen Death Wish 1? I haven't, though I did just read a Chuck uh, Klosterman book where he talked extensively about the Death Wish series. So I feel like I've seen parts of Death Wish 1. I will say that this conversation right now is the first time hearing of this series. Fair, fair point. None number three... That hands boots the bread. Sure. Is played by someone named Lois Young. Here's her complete filmography. Ready? She was right nun in Newsies. Okay. That's my term. She was just sure. nun. Uh, she was in an episode of Bosom Buddies. Oh, called... with our good buddy Tom Hanks. Exactly. And I watched, of course, those are available on YouTube. Sure. Or uh, something else where I watched Daily Motion, I think, had it. Uh, so I watched it to confirm. I had, a pa- I had paused it and I was like, I was holding my phone, which had the nun paused, and Bosom Buddies paused. I was like, I think the nose is the same. So I forgot that there was a close-up on her, like, in the next minute yeah. that I could have really used, but I confirmed it. She played Camille in Bosom Buddies episode Macho Man, season one, episode four. Uh, she played Vicki Thompson in a horror movie from 1980 called The Unseen, okay, uh, where she uh, gets uh, her head smashed in with a grate. A grate? A grate. Like a sewer grate? Yeah. Yeah. Ow. Not so great. And then she played a character named Bunny in uh, an episode of a show called Angie. The episode was called The First Fight. I see. That's her complete filmography. Well. So, yeah. And then I said it's weird. It's a weird part of the song to suddenly introduce a religious element that's never really returned to. Yeah. The nuns are interesting because, yeah, they just show up and they hand out some bread and coffee. Yeah. I assume coffee. Yeah. And then we don't ever see or hear from them again. Yeah. At least the, not to my knowledge. Maybe I'm, I'm going to be looking for the nuns in like the background of shots and stuff to see if yeah. they're like, maybe their parts got cut or something. But Yeah. Uh, I mean, you kind of get the feeling that they are like the breakfast providers for the poor urchins of New York. And I mean, I guess it makes sense that that job would fall to nuns. I didn't look up, like, the Catholic Church's presence in New York City at the time. I noticed that Racetrack crosses himself, and yeah. no one else does, which is appropriate for, like, an Italian-American boy. Um, which we assume Racetrack is. We don't... We, I guess we don't know his name. No, but... 
yeah. you know, Max Casella seems right. like pretty Italian American. Right, exactly. So exactly. let's so. just assume that racetrack Casella also is. Exactly. And that's that's all I had for the minute. It's kind of a full one with our with our recap of Blood Drips Heavily on Uzi Square and yeah. stuff. But uh Yeah. Yeah. So Especially okay. for the minute that I thought was going to be the tough one because I was like, they're just jumping off this wagon. What is there to look at? So a bunch of nuns. There's also a fourth nun who is driving the wagon and that is all. I remember the first <laughs> time we recorded this this minute, I was like that nun is ready to go. I think she's holding the reins of the cart. Yeah, like, she's like ready to... She is ready to pull out. There are other newsies elsewhere to deliver bread and coffee to. Other boroughs. Yeah. They're so are these all the Manhattan newsies? Are we to assume this is... There are newsie houses on e- in each borough, and this is the entire representation of, of Manhattan? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Because the Delanceys sleep in the in the ho- the house with weasel right like they like the newspaper where jack purveyor sleeps office. when he gets all dandied yeah. up i think he sleeps in the same like in like a separate boardroom yeah so yeah i think this is the entirety of the manhattan newsies but we're skipping ahead yes let's not skip ahead we are not going to skip ahead if you would like to follow us on social media we can be found on twitter at newsies minute we can be found individually at unabashed james and at unabashedly aaron Thanks for joining us. Happy Monday, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Yep. And don't forget to soak them for crutchy. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.